Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show in its 21st year on voiceamerica.com. And this is the program, again, that does help you turn your obstacles into opportunities and problems into solutions. And, you know, today there is so much anxiety. We have so much uncertainty in the world. And when we have uncertainty, it breeds anxiety because of the way our brain is wired. You know, we're wired to be planners. So when we know something's coming, it's going to be much easier to deal with than when we don't. So we're really all anxious right now with all of the things happening beside COVID and climate change and politics and the economy and racial tensions and shootings and the war in Ukraine is just so much. So we're talking to an incredible expert today who can help us understand what's normal anxiety, what's not normal anxiety, and what are the tools and techniques that we can use so we can live happier and healthier lives. So Dr. Tracy Marks is ready to address and advise and help heal our nation's anxiety epidemic. She broadcasts to over a million followers weekly on her YouTube channel and is a general and forensic psychiatrist of over 20 years. Dr. Marks' mission is to increase mental health awareness and understanding by educating people on psychiatric disorders, mental well-being, and self-improvement. And she produces educational videos on her YouTube channel, Dr. Tracy Marks, T-R-A-C-E-Y Marks. She is a forensic psychiatrist and has formulated over a thousand opinions through independent and medical evaluations, criminal assessments, and civil litigation consultations. Dr. Marks has been qualified as an expert in multiple federal and state courts. She also maintains a general psychiatry clinical practice which focuses on mood disorders, anxiety disorders, and burnout. Dr. Marks has been sought after by CNN and HLN for forensic and general psychiatric commentary. Welcome, Dr. Tracy Marks. Thank you. Boy, I haven't read through my own bio in a while. I sound impressive. (laughs) (laughs) And And you are. You are. And the book, the book, the brand new book, Hot Off the Press, everyone, is Why Am I So Anxious? Powerful Tools for Recognizing Anxiety and Restoring Your Peace. And there's so much in this book. And Dr. Marks explains this on her, on the website. And everything that's in the book is also explained. But what I want to ask you right out of the box, Dr. Marks, is this. You know, we're all anxious. As you said, it's, it's an epidemic. How do we know if it's normal anxiety or situational anxiety or if we have a disorder? Sure, that is the million-dollar question. Um, so anxiety, and one of the reasons it, it's not always easy to just know that intuitively is because anxiety, although it feels negative, it still is a normal reaction. Um, we, and, and we instinctively respond with fear to things that are threatening. So if I'm sitting on my deck in the backyard and a coyote walks into my yard, I'm going to have an anxiety response. My heart rate's going to go up and I'm going to want to instinctively protect myself maybe by running. So we're built to have this reaction to a stressor that is threatening. The normal circumstance, though, is for once the threat has passed, for the feelings or the reaction that you have to go away. Um, Also, while you're experiencing that level of distress for whatever the threat is, um, a, I guess, um, I don't want to say healthy way, but an adaptive way um, to use that anxiety is to to do something that's even more protective. So if I hear that there's been a lot of home invasions in my area, I'm going I, that will scare me. But then I'm going to start trying to do something about that to protect myself. So I may step right. up my alarm system and things like that. Once I right. hear or feel comfortable that we're pretty secure now, that worry should go away. When it becomes more 
persistent and pathological, so entering in the realm of abnormal anxiety, is when the response is extreme Mm -hmm. um, and persistent and starting to interfere with your life circumstances or interfere with things that you're doing or needing to get done. So there are people who, going back to the example of sitting in my backyard with a coyote walking through, if that were to happen, my heart rate would go up, I'd I'd be breathing heavy, and I'd just feel very afraid. There are people who wake up feeling that way, and there's no identifiable stressor. That would definitely be an example of abnormal anxiety because there isn't, it's not, it's no longer a response to something. It's, a, it's false anxiety. Yeah, that makes so much sense, and you've explained it so clearly, right? And so also in the book, as well as explaining, you know, what are the personalities and medications and what are the disorders and conditions, you also talk about tips and tricks for people who have what we might call normal anxiety so that the anxiety, they're able to deal with it as they see it or before it happens, So I'd like to go into some of those, but I think probably first we should look at what are some common anxiety disorders that people struggle with? Okay. Well, the most common is actually a phobia, a specific phobia, Um, and that would be things like being afraid of height, being afraid of um, Enclosures like claustrophobia. Uh, some people who suffer with that have had a very hard time dealing with wearing masks because it makes them feel more closed in. Mm. So specific phobias are, are the most common anxiety disorders. And for a lot of people, they can be very manageable to where it does not interfere with your life and you don't necessarily need to get treatment for it. Um, I use an example of myself in the book of um, having a phobia for roaches. And I am perfectly fine being afraid, not wanting to touch or look at them for the rest of my life and trying to avoid them for the rest of my life without wanting to get exposure therapy so that I can hold a roach and be fine with it. Mm -hmm. Um, The second most common, but there are some people with these phobias to where it does interfere with their life. Mm -hmm. And so then, then, let me just ask you, so if it did interfere with their life, then would they need to, in this example, hold the roach? I mean, in other words, the more fearful you are, do you need more help? Yes. So the fear, the, the, the usual way we react to these kinds, this kind of fear, a phobia, is with avoidance. So you do things to avoid coming in contact with the thing that stirs up this response. Right. The more you avoid, the greater the fear grows. So um, really the way to approach or deal with getting past phobias is to expose yourself to them and be able to manage the anxiety that it creates. Understand. So um, like going back to me, I'm not missing work. I'm not losing sleep because of roaches. Of, of them existing in the world and me not right. wanting to look at them. But if, right. I, if it did go that far um, where I'm not sleeping, I'm waking up anxious in the mornings and things, or always thinking about, is that a roach over there or what, you know, consuming my thoughts, then um, I could either get professional help to help me through this, or um, I do talk about exposure exercises in the book of um, developing a, like a, um, a series of small exposures that resemble the thing that you ultimately fear so that you kind of take baby steps toward um, exposing yourself to this thing, dealing with it, and then you go to the next level. So I might start looking at pictures of roaches and then um, evolve or graduate to ultimately being able to let it crawl on my arm. Right. But what you're saying is you don't need that because you, you, it's not disturbing your life. You understand it. Correct. And you're able to, you're able to handle it without having to do that. Correct. Correct. It makes me uncomfortable. I can't stand looking them, at them. I'm in the South where they live. 
Yes. But, uh, but yeah, I, it's not really interfering with my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very good distinction for people to understand, you know, because I think many times, um, Tracy, people panic, you know, oh, is there something wrong with me? And I think that, you know, in going back to your book, um, that's where the book is so helpful, too, because you even have charts that say, you know, this is, this is the emotion that this will evoke, right? And this is how you'd handle it. So I, I think it's, it's, it's so helpful, pr- particularly in today's world where there's just anxieties everywhere. Yeah. You know, an example, though, that I think might be a little less obvious for people would be something like social anxiety, which is another very common anxiety disorder. So that's actually a disorder, but you can have, um, you can have degrees of it to where it may not be severe enough to be a disorder. But so, for example, if with anxiety, with social anxiety, the disorder, people have um, fear being in public places or being around people because they assume that people are judging them. They may fear that they're going to embarrass themselves in mm. front of people. So there's all these thoughts in, the, in their head about um, how people will perceive them. Another part of that disorder, it's called actually social and performance anxiety, is the performance piece isn't necessarily playing an instrument, but it could just be talking. So talking in front of people and, you know, am I looking stupid here? So that can, that can be on one end of the spectrum of I hate talking up, I hate speaking in groups, but you do it anyway, to on the other end of the spectrum maybe um, starting to have problems at work because you're expected to present and you keep calling in mm-hmm. sick or trying to find excuses not to do it. So that's kind of an example of how, how it can get in the way. But now, let me ask you, you, though, isn't public speaking one of the greatest fears? Isn't that one of the top ten fears that people have? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it does fall under kind of in the top echelon of things that make people nervous or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But still, you've got the, gosh, I really don't want to, I'm, I'm going to feel anxious if I've got to talk in front of these people, but I will do it, versus any amount of um, talking in front of three, it could be a group of three people, and you're standing there, um, and you're about to have diarrhea because you are so scared yeah. that someone's going to ask yeah. you a question. Yeah. That's a different story. So you really, what you're talking about is the intensity of your reaction, correct? Yes. The intensity, the persistence of it, so how long it lasts. Right. You know, is this something that is just, uh, you had a bad day or, you know, someone, let's say you did trip and fall in front of a group of people and now you're like, I don't want to go out there wearing those heels again, but you get past that. Okay. So... Um, how long does it last? How intense is it? Those kind of are two things to look at when you're trying to determine, um, is this just a normal reaction to things or am I, is this over the top and starting to cause me problems? And I want to ask you about that in terms of anxiety because of everything we've been through in the past two and a half years now with COVID and how anxiety has ridden and there have been more mental health issues. What have you seen in your practice in terms of anxiety? Is it much greater than it was? What are you seeing with the pandemic? Yeah, so I've seen a few iterations of this. So there's, there's just the general um, feeling of just being more, feeling more unsettled about just the uncertainty of our, of our future. Um, and so it's kind of like just turning up the dial on your, uh, on your um, level of angst. So maybe having a harder time settling down in the evening, um, having trouble falling asleep, things like that. Another thing though that I've seen is people who are really struggling with social, iso- social isolation so on the one hand, it's convenient to work at home. On the other hand, there are some people who it, it is really soul-sucking for them to work uh, all by Zoom and not have contact with people. And that's ramped up some anxiety. Yeah. 
the social isolation, correct? The social isolation, yeah. Which really, really makes and, a difference. You know, and, and part two of that is this a little bit different angle on that is the working from home where you end up working more than you did when you were going to an office, doing your work, and leaving work at the office. So having less of a separation between work and your personal life has made some people feel more um, on edge, agitated, and even yeah. burned out because they just feel like they're always in work mode or they're always thinking about it. Yeah. So what we're going to do is take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Dr. Tracy Marks about tips for managing mild to moderate anxiety, whether it's from work, whether it's from family, health conditions. So, you know, with recommendations that go, you know, beyond just therapy and medication, but what options are there for you? And what are some things you can also do to prevent some situations? So when we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Tracy Marks about this. Let me share a little bit more about Dr. Marks. Um, She's known for her friendly, relatable approach to teaching followers of her YouTube channel about today's most common mental health issues. Dr. Marks is a licensed psychiatrist, but her treatment recommendations go beyond just medication and therapy. And today we're talking about a broad variety of treatment options that you can use that will help you find out what options are best for you. And you can go on to the YouTube channel is at the at sign Dr. Tracy Marks, T-R-A-C-E-Y, Marks. um, And then the website, Dr. Marks, what is, uh, I should, oh, I have it right here. No, you tell me, what is, what's the website? It is markspsychiatry.com, M-A-R-K-S, and then the word psychiatry, all one word, dot com. All right. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and we will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson, the Midlife Whisperer. Your midlife roadmap is the blueprint you need to roll with change, transform yourself, and create a fabulous second adulthood. Get answers and solutions for whatever you're up against and transform problems into opportunities. Make your next life chapter your best chapter with Rock Your Midlife every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think of the world. 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hello, everyone, and we are back. We are talking with Dr. Tracy Marks. 
She's a psychiatrist, YouTube sensation. She's the author of the newest book, Why Am I So Anxious? Powerful Tools for Recognizing Anxiety and Restoring Your Peace. And this is such a topical and timely topic. Dr. Marks appears on CNN, Maria Shriver's Sunday Paper, Just Jenny, and has been featured in USA Today. Her YouTube channel has over a million viewers, and with her societal anxiety that we're all going through, uh, Dr. Marks' toolkit in a book is needed by us all, which this book really is. Welcome back, Dr. Marks. Thank you. All right. Thanks Let's for having talk me. Ab- Welcome. Well, it's great. Let's talk about some of these tips to handle mild to moderate anxiety so that it's, it's not just, oh, I'm going to take a pill or I'm going to go to therapy, but gee, maybe I can handle this on my own. Some tools and tips. Sure. Okay. So I'd, I'd like to divide it into um, core things that people should do no matter what, and then some additional tools that are specific for certain situations. So the core tools would be the ones that probably some people would roll their eyes and, oh, of course I do all that, yeah, 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 which is diet, (laughs) exercise, and sleep. Right. So those things are super important, even though they're so basic. And with the diet, it is about having um, eliminating processed foods and reducing sugar to have a clean diet. You can take that up a notch by doing intermittent fasting, which is limiting your eating window to um, six to eight hours is kind of a general recommended time frame to reduce how when you are eating. So there's what you're eating, eating clean, and then when you're eating, extending the length of time that you are letting your body rest without food does... Um, does wonders when it comes to letting your your body do the cleanup work and regeneration that it needs to do because eating takes a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to exercise, you're looking at 150 minutes a week. That could be either 30 minutes five days a week or you know 75 minutes uh, if it's vigorous exercise, but um, 150 minutes of um, of moderate exercise. So it could just be a 30-minute walk five days a week. Mm-hmm. And then the sleep, prioritizing sleep, the normal amount of sleep that adults should get is between seven and nine hours. Oftentimes, um, we tend to let sleep happen when we're finished doing everything for the day. And it really should be the reverse priority. That is, my bedtime is 10 o'clock, let's just say, Hypothetically, my bedtime is 10 o'clock, so I'm going to sleep from, um, if I'm not going to fall asleep till 11, 11 to 7, let's say, is my bedtime. Then I build my day around that so that I make sure I stop by a certain time and I have mm-hmm. at least a, an hour wind-down period in the evening. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are just a few things to kind of address those core issues or core things to have in place to promote um, optimal health for your body and mind. Because if those are out of whack, these other things still only go so far. Yeah. Then, and as you when said, it comes the basics. To- go ahead. The basics are key. And we sometimes don't think we want something fancy. Or as you said, it's so important, particularly exercise for the brain, correct? What it does to calm us down with the endorphins and the serotonin released in the brain. Absolutely. And there's even um, exercise even triggers the um, uh, cannabinoid receptors, uh, the CBD, you know, receptors in the brain or endocannabinoids are called. And that is actually where we believe this um, runner's high feeling or that that Mm -hmm. really good feeling you get after you have a vigorous workout we believe right. that's where it comes from, not so much the endorphins anymore, even though endorphins are still released, and their primary role is for muscle and tissue repair from the work, the exercise that you did, and then as far as that feel-good feeling, it's activating endocannabinoids. So, so yeah, exercise is super important, and it doesn't have, you don't have to have, go to a high-end gym 
we're still talking at the level of brisk walking is still, um, you can just do that even. So when it comes to the other tools in the book, I divide them up into mind tools, body tools, and behavioral tools. And an an example of a mind tool would be something like um, journaling. And there's different ways that you can journal. I talk about gratitude journaling. But another one that people probably haven't heard a lot about is called affective labeling. Hmm. And affective labeling is where you attach words to emotions. And still, when I say that out loud, that sounds very basic, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you'd be surprised at how you can, some people aren't as good at being laser-focused or laser-targeting in on exactly how they feel when they are under distress. So someone says something to me, or let's say I lose an opportunity at work, then I feel bad, but what is bad? Do I feel insulted, disrespected? Am I angry? Do I feel shamed? I mean, all of those emotions are different. And the better you can get at fine-tuning exactly how you feel, the, the more it helps diffuse the negative emotion and take some of the power out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So journaling is something that is good for people who tend to ruminate a lot or um, think or, or worry a lot about what about this situation or mm-hmm. think in retrospect, something happened, well, maybe I shouldn't have done this and what did that person think and so right. on and so forth. So the mind tools are good when you've got a lot of anxiety that's manifested by worrying thoughts and negative thoughts in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, the question I have around that is that there are some people that won't even try to look at their negative thoughts because they either scare them or they don't want to share their feeling because tough people don't share their feelings. You know, that sort of thing where um, the healthier way might be to really get it out of your system and then it's gone. But there are people that will say, well, I'm not going to do that. I, I, you know, I just kind of hold it in. Address that, because I think that's common. Yeah, it is common. Um, you know, sometimes it, you cannot want to think about it because you think that it might set off this negative chain reaction where you start, like, thinking about all kinds of stuff or even having regrets. And, and that doesn't feel good to be thinking about negative things. But the, here, here's the problem, is that your mind is powerful, and it does not forget. So you can say to yourself uh, in your conscious awareness that I'm just going to put that out of my thoughts, but your mind doesn't forget. So you mm-hmm. can, um, so repressing negative thoughts just makes it pop up in other ways. Yeah. So the better thing to do is to address the elephant in the room and mm-hmm. just and deal with it, and then that that brings everything to light, and then there's not none of these hidden emotions that will come up in other ways uh, that you least expect, um, like anger that you don't know where it came from, or or you know lashing out at someone, and it's, you're like, all they did was this. Why did that make me so angry? It may have to do with some repressed or suppressed. Right negative emotions you had related to this and all it took was for this one little thing, this innocent person to come in and remind you and here Mm -hmm. and now you're just going off. I think that that does happen. Even for those of us who are conscious and aware, you know, we let it build up and then we snap at something that really wasn't the issue, which is what you just said. It's, it's that build up. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So what are, what are some, um, what are some things that we might do? Just some self-help things. I mean, you talked about journaling, talked about exercise and diet. Um, any particular tools that you have found that your patients have found very helpful? Beside the, 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 you know, the ones we think of, like, again, you said journaling. Would breathing be one of them? Or, you know, watching a movie that makes you feel good? What do you think? Yes. So breathing is 
always a good thing on a lot of levels. Um, we use breathing and yoga. Um, you know, there's, you know, it can be overlaid on top of things during a mindful meditation or just doing a regular meditation or focusing on your breathing can be its own exercise that you do for just five minutes. And that is a way to separate to, from the uh, scattered thoughts and things that are going on in your environment to just centering you and bringing you into the, this, this very moment and reflect on it with, um, with neutrality instead of, you know, worrying about the future. Um, mm. But that aside, because, yeah, a lot of people have heard about breathing as well. One of the things that I really like um, that, and, and wait, one more thing about the breathing also stimulates your vagus nerve, the parasymp- right. parasympathetic symptom, symptom, listen to me, system that slows your heart rate and calms you down. Mm-hmm. I really like weighted blankets. Uh, I sleep with one. Um, no, mm. this isn't something that's going to make you not worry about tomorrow, but it is it's soothing and it utilizes the power of deep pressure touch as mm. a calming mechanism. Interesting. So it is, it's something that you can sleep under, but you can also cuddle with it on the couch while you're watching television. You can also, they have lap versions of it that you could sit on your lap while you're working. So weighted mm-hmm. blankets are, are great. Um, I, I include those in the body tool. Yeah, and then, there's also, and what, yeah, and there's also something with chairs that have energy um, where you lie in the chair and it's like a vibration and a certain kind of frequency. Hmm, you know okay. That? I'm not yeah. familiar with that specifically, yeah, but, but I'm not surprised by that. I mean, it's kind of a similar concept with the touch. Yes, yes. Okay, go Yeah, ahead. that was that'd be great. Some... I'd like one of those kind of chairs. <laughs> uh, I'll look it up and tell oh. you. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. yeah. Yeah, any, any others? One, go ahead. Yeah, another one, um, I put this into the behavioral tools category. So you mentioned... Uh, watching a show that you like or something like that. I'd go one step further in using laughter as a way to reduce anxiety. And um, yes. this, this works in, with the, uh, under the similar concept of the exercise of releasing endorphins and things and endocannabinoids to, as a relaxation response. Now, one might say, well, if I'm anxious, I'm, there's, I'm not finding anything funny. There's no way I can laugh. Well, the way you get to it is either um, try, watching, like coming up with your own playlist of uh, shows or uh, like comedy shows or podcasts or something that are funny. You don't have to laugh out loud. Just being amused gets the same effect. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, I talk about this in the book, uh, this exercise called laughter yoga, yes. where laughter, yes. laughter yoga works by forcing laughter where it, it does not have to be spontaneous. So you can get the same effect by doing these exercises where you're like, let's say, um, pretending like you're talking to someone, but instead of actually talking, you're your ha ha ha, you know, your your sounds silly as I'm saying it now, but you you talk as if you're laughing your way mm-hmm. through this conversation, and that's called. The research shows that the stimulate simulated or forced laughter has is just as good as spontaneous laughter or laughing from something that's funny. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to pause and we're going to come back. And when we do, we'll talk more about some more exercises and some worksheets that are also in the book, like a personal toolkit for combating anxiety. You know, what are things that we can do just on a daily basis, you know, in terms of avoiding things or moving toward or away from things, uh, just as a preventative measure. So we'll talk to Dr. Tracy Marks about that when we come back. Uh, Dr. Tracy Marks is a psychiatrist, YouTube sensation with um, a million viewers on her channel. Her brand new book is Why Am I So Anxious? Powerful Tools for Recognizing Anxiety 
and restoring your peace. And she has appeared on CNN, and she also has appeared on um, many of the other programs as, as an expert. And also, she has um, ha- has her toolkit in a book, which is very much part of this book. Why am I so anxious? So when we come back, talk more to Tracy Marks about. What are some things that we can do just on a daily basis to help us with just everyday anxiety, just in terms of how we move in the world? You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. America's Voice will be right back. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired, and contemplative thought, showcasing experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Your host, Winifred Adams, will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter. We want to hear from you. Be sure to tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show well hello everyone and we are back you are listening to the patricia raskin positive living show right here on voiceamerica.com My guest is Dr. Tracy Marks. She is known for her friendly, reliable approach to teaching fans of her YouTube channel about today's most common mental health issues. Dr. Marks is a board-certified psychiatrist, but her educational information goes beyond discussing medication and therapy. She presents a broad variety of treatment options and self-management tools that helps her viewers make informed choices about the options that work best for them. And the name of her newest book is Why Am I So Anxious? Powerful Tools for Recognizing Anxiety and Restoring Your Peace. And it's hot off the press in 2022. Um, welcome back, Dr. Marks. Welcome back, Tracy. Thank All right. you. All right. So let's talk about um, some more things that we can do, not just, um, you know, when we get anxious, but before we get anxious. Or when we get anxious, how do we... Um, Reduce the time of, um, you know, of it really affecting us so that we can move past it. So that plus prevention. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will say that what works for one person may not work for the next person. So I do recommend people avail themselves of a variety of options of which, I give you lots in this book, but whether you get them from my book or some other source, like 
find out what's out there and then see what works for you because it's very easy for people to get discouraged, like try, try one thing, deep breathing. Well, that doesn't work. So none of this stuff works and just kind of everything gets thrown out. Um, so, but, but back to the, the question of what can you do to, um, I guess, make the wave not very tall. Um, and yeah. what I mean by that is I'll tell my patients all the time that anxiety uh, comes and goes in waves. And so you can have times where you don't experience much of it or you do, but it's manageable and, you know, you just kind of get past it. And then there's other times where it can, the wave can crest really high and it feels unmanageable. And no matter what you do, it just, nothing seems to help. In which case, if that's the case, you may need to get professional help, like taking something or even something over the counter. I mean, it doesn't have to be prescribed by a professional. There are over the counter options as well. So, um, when it comes though, to, uh, I believe your question was, um, like lessening the effect of something yes. that you know is coming. Yes. Yep. And also prevention. Those were the two. Yep. Okay. So, yep. um, but in lessening the effect, I think that's an important one. And that's also part yeah. of prevention too, if you can see it coming. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so part of that has to do with, yeah, being able to see something coming. Um, And, you know, I think that um, when it comes to, it kind of depends, I'm I'm hemming and hawing here because it kind of depends on what what the thing that might be coming is going to be. So let's say you know that you're going to, your work is downsizing, you're going to be losing your job. Um, even though you're going to be upset about that, still when it happens, you know, when it happens, it's still not going to feel good. So you can't change the fact that you're going to lose your job and you're going to have to find another one. Searching for another one makes you anxious. Um, This is where it becomes important to have those core things in place that I mentioned earlier on with the adequate sleep, a good diet, and exercise. Because if you're, like, getting full on potato chips and fries and that kind of stuff and you're sleeping four or five hours a night, um, doing something like yoga is not going to do anything for you. (laughs) You you know, your body's going to be in such bad shape. It's going to be hard to manage uh, Mm. this wave of of anxiety or the stressor that's going to come for you. Um, I think that, uh, for some people for whom journaling is, is a good thing for them. If you've never journaled before, I would, I would challenge you to start and you can start small. It doesn't have to be this, you know, 30 minutes of, of a writing exercise every night. It could be five minutes. And the most basic form of it is journaling for catharsis or journaling for just letting stuff out of your head and putting it on paper as if you're dumping your problems on someone. But instead of mm-hmm. needing someone to listen to you, you're writing it on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, that alone can be something to help you process these raw thoughts and emotions that you may not even be aware that you're having. So, mm-hmm. for example, you might just know that you feel uptight, um, I know that sometimes when I get anxious about something that's upcoming, um, I'll have trouble um, eating, or or if I do eat something, I'll get a stomachache afterwards, and that's how mm-hmm. I know I'm uptight. But it's it's one thing for me to know, hmm, I'm uptight, or I'm having anxiety. It's another thing for me to process, well, why am I uptight? And when I start analyzing it, breaking it down, taking the mystery out of it by talking through it, talking in the way of journaling, um, that, again, diffuses some of that anxiety and makes you feel better. And that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to help you process. So even though you can't change your external circumstances, you can change how you react to, respond to, process it, because when you let it just bottle up, and, and try and put it and not deal with it, it just causes problems. 
like trouble thinking, mind racing, not being able to like focus very much, being very forgetful. Those can be signs of anxiety instead of signs of ADHD, for example. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I find, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone, that that's something that when I get, you know, uptight or nervous or there's a lot to do, that's when I start forgetting things or I'll leave something. I'm either multitasking or I'm upset or I'm worried and, and I'm not as focused. So I think the anxiety can also produce, you know, less productive results, correct, in terms of just your focus and concentration. Mm-hmm. Yes, because you become inefficient. Uh, your thoughts may be scattered and all over the place. Um, Because when you are fearing something or worried about something, I mean, you're channeling part of your mental resources toward that thing instead of like, okay, let me just slow down. I've got five things that I'm going to need to take care of here. Let me plan out how I'm going to do this so that I can get them all done as opposed to these, all these things just kind of being in like this swirling cloud of stuff that's really scary. And now I'm just paralyzed with indecision. I can't do anything now. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. But you know what? I did want to mention, though, can I throw something in here? When it comes to, and we're talking about things to do instead of things to take, which is I'm all for, because I think the real way to deal with anxiety is doing things versus taking things because that works in the long term because you can continue to do these things, whatever they are. But that said, there are some natural remedies that can be very helpful, like um, the essential oils. I love aromatherapy. I love essential oils. There is um, lavender, which is a relaxing uh, essential oil that you can get in a capsule form. So in general, the essential oils, which is plant medicine, they're not recommended to consume because they're very concentrated. But a German manufacturer made, uh, put lavender in a pill form that you can take. You can actually get it over the counter. You can get it on Amazon. um, And it's called Silexin, S-I-L-E-X-A-N, is the generic name of this lavender uh, that they that they made into a capsule form. I've had patients mm. that I've recommended it to, and they really thought it made a big difference. And I've had some where like eh, I don't know if I noticed much difference, and then I've had a number of them were like, oh yeah, this this is so much better. So this thing happened to me, and I handled it so much better than I would have before I started taking the lavender. And the lavender, it's a pill that you can take, so it, it's in it's oral, correct? It's oral. It's a gel cap or soft gel. Um, it comes in eight, as 80 milligrams. And so the studies on it, uh, I like it because it has been very well studied head-to-head with prescription options. So it's mm-hmm. been tested against Ativan, Lorazepam, which is a benzodiazepine we use for anxiety. And it's mm-hmm. been tested against Paxil, which is a serotonin agent we use for anxiety and has shown to be similarly effective to those prescription medicines, even though those prescriptions were at low doses. But that says a lot. Tell us the name again. That says a lot. Tell us the name. The generic name is Silexan, S-I-L-E-X-A-N. And that's important because some of the brand names, like a common brand name for it is Calm Aid, C-A-L-M, Aid. And Mm -hmm. if you turn on the back, it'll say Silexan, 80 milligrams. Um, okay. There are some other okay. other brands that some other brands calm this and that and the other, and it's a different kind of lavender. So okay. just look for the Silexin. Okay. All right. We're just about ready to close. So let me ask you, what would you like to leave our listeners with today about why am I so anxious and tools for recognizing anxiety and restoring peace? What's your closing thoughts? My closing thought, let's see. I think that um, anxiety is everywhere. We all experience it to some degree. What you want, and so it is not reasonable to expect that you will have zero anxiety, but what you want is to be able to manage this normal emotion 
um, even if it becomes unmanageable, have it be in a way where you can live with it, manage it, and move on with your day <laughs> um, despite it. And, and I, I really thank you so much. And, and again, where can people get the book and, uh, and these tools? Uh, Why Am I So Anxious? And it's a new book. Yes, it's new as of August. It is as hardback, digital, and audio. You can get it wherever books are sold, um, online as well as in person. But, um, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookshop.org are kind of like the top three places where you can find it online. All right. And your website is Dr. Marks? No, it's Marks. My last name, MarksPsychiatry.com. Okay. MarksPsychiatry.com. All right. Thank you so much for being on the program. It was, it was delightful, inspirational, and educational. <laughs> Thank you, Thank Tracy. you for having me. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. All right. Stay on the line for a second. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. If you'd like to find me and be on my newsletter list and hear about all these wonderful guests we have on each week, Patricia at patriciaraskin.com. If you're thinking about doing your own podcast, I've interviewed about 5,000 people in my career, and I would love to help get these positive messages out. So contact me about doing your own podcast, and that's, again, Patricia, patriciaraskin.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know that you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.